Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks, and I'm delighted and proud to be your host as always i'm a retail transformation specialist and i work with retailers and e-commerce players to drive transformation forward as a consultant and an advisor i give practical hands-on support to overcome complex challenges find the ideal operating model and deliver change thank you so much for tuning in this one is episode 229 Number 229. And I have to ask, are you ready to shake things up? Transformation can help rewrite the rules for a business and drive growth on numerous fronts, boosting sales, unlocking new revenue streams, dramatically altering the cost model, enhancing the customer proposition, developing the colleague proposition too developing a competitive advantage, and building resilience. Of course, there are many, many different opportunities to transform, and many benefits for transforming. And it's important to note that there are different types of transformation. In its broad sense, we have fundamental and incremental transformation. And I've been developing this further, as part of my research and writing, for my upcoming book, Driving Retail Transformation. Now, this book is a playbook for how to lead and navigate your organization through the challenging and rewarding journey of change. And as part of writing Driving Retail Transformation, I've identified six different types of transformation. And each of these have their own different use cases, their own benefits, and specific times as to when you would want to turn to one type of transformation over or in addition to another type of transformation. So it is really critical to know just what type of change and transformation you want to drive at any given moment in time. So in today's episode, we're going to be diving into one of those types. And if you're intrigued about the other five types, then I've got three options for you. Firstly, stay tuned to the Retail Transformation Show. We may come back to those at a later date. Secondly, look out for my upcoming book, Driving Retail Transformation. I'll tell you the best way to stay in touch about that. And thirdly, reach out and let's have a conversation about what type of transformation is right for you at this specific moment in time. Email me on oliver.banks at obandco.uk. Now, if you would like to stay in touch about news of my upcoming book, Driving Retail Transformation, perhaps the best place is to subscribe to the Retail Transformation Briefing. The Retail Transformation Briefing is my weekly email that provides a comprehensive snapshot of the latest trends and themes in the world of retail, featuring intriguing insights, news headlines, podcasts, events, and industry reports all curated to help you stay ahead of the curve and achieve transformation in your retail operations. 
is succinct and easily digestible, so sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing for free to stay up to date in the competitive and ever-evolving world of retail. Subscribe at obandco.uk slash 229. That's obandco.uk slash 229. And you'll also find the show notes there today as well, including my email address, which I gave a minute ago. So in today's episode, we're diving into one type of transformation, and that type is disruptive transformation. It's at one end of the extreme scale. And this disruptive transformation is the type of big transformation. It's the fundamental shift. It rewrites the rules. It impacts multiple parts, if not the whole organization, driving extreme value for new or existing customers and can really help move a company into a whole different sphere of being. Now, when it comes to thinking about disruption, of course, our minds go to the classic and commonly referred to examples, your Netflixes, your Ubers, your Airbnbs. And they absolutely are great examples of disruption. However, these companies formed and scaled up around their disruptive business model. They did not have an existing business model and then applied a disruptive transformation over the top. It's not like Netflix was a Blockbusters-esque video store with a massive store estate that pivoted, right? It's not like Uber had a whole fleet of classic taxis and pivoted and applied a disruptive transformation. But what they did do was they really analysed where is the market going? How are consumers wanting to shop, wanting to buy? And how can we serve those consumers as well? And in the case of Uber or Airbnb, I really like the fact that they looked at the supply chain and thought, well, where can we get the relevant resources to sell to customers as well? It's a very innovative part of their business model. But like I say, they did grow up and scale up with this disruptive mindset naturally in place. So let's look at some examples of companies that formed in a different way. They didn't have this disruptive business model at the heart of them. And the first one we'll go to is Amazon, who is perhaps the classic or most common disruptor in the retail industry. Yes, they had a disruptive mindset right from the start with Jeff Bezos thinking, let's sell books via e-commerce because we can have a huge range. They're nice and square and easy to ship. But from scaling up this disruptive model, they have then developed a number of other disruptive propositions. FBA, fulfilled by Amazon, was a great example of this. Here, they recognised their raw capability in their warehousing and logistics, and of course their front end as well, and applied it to other vendors, allowed them to store products in an Amazon warehouse, sell on the Amazon marketplace and send it out. And that, of course, was a huge part of the proverbial Amazon flywheel. Another big innovation and disruption that Amazon have provided more recently has been in the form of their Go or Fresh stores. These are the checkout free stores, highly innovative, especially in the Western world. This is currently a disruption to convenience shopping. But equally, Just Walk Out as a technology has also provided a level of disruption for Amazon. By licensing out the technology to other retailers, 
Again, Amazon is providing this disruptive transformation to their own business. They are opening up a new revenue stream by selling the technology and the rights to use the technology. AWS, similarly. Cloud technology, that was a big innovation that has really helped build a lot of resilience and a lot of profitability for Amazon as well. So Amazon certainly have provided plenty of textbook examples of disruptive transformation. But there are plenty of other retail examples. I'm sure you can think of some where perhaps we've had retailers shifting to service-based models or brands focusing on driving into a D2C or direct-to-consumer approach. Maybe a retailer deciding to develop their own brands or acquiring upstream and acquiring some of the supply chain, for example. I like the examples of Tesco acquiring Booker to become a wholesaler, or perhaps Selfridges, who have declared their goal to switch 50% of their business into new sustainably driven models, whether it be repair or resale and so on. But given these different examples, why would you want to do disruptive transformation? Yes, it sounds cool, but is it worthwhile? Or could you end up on a wild goose chase, pursuing dreams and almost a mirage in front of you? Well, there are a few different reasons why disruptive transformation is a great approach. Firstly, it can unlock new revenue streams. In the examples we saw by Amazon, elements like FBA, Just Walk Out, and of course, AWS really opened up many more different revenue streams rather than the classic consumer-only revenue stream. You can capture new market share, especially if you're moving into a new or an emerging market. It can free an organization from the shackles of the existing business model and the broader category trends, especially if those are trending away from your classic home turf. You can build resilience and make sure that your company does not have all of your proverbial eggs in one basket. You can develop a competitive advantage and really drive growth either in top line or bottom line. But as you are defining your transformation, when should you choose disruptive transformation over one of the other types? And I appreciate being a bit cagey about those five other types, but when is disruptive transformation the right avenue to go down? Well, if you're facing a significant shift in your industry or market where your future looks increasingly uncertain or the viability of the market looks increasingly uncertain, think the decline of video and blockbusters and so on, disruptive transformation could be a great option for you. If you see a new or emerging market that really closely aligns with your business and your business capabilities, this could be a great option for you. Again, Amazon saw that as e-commerce was growing and they had the capability, but others didn't. Maybe there is an emerging technology which provides a threat or an opportunity to your business model. Great time. Maybe there's a significant shift in consumer preferences or behaviors within your category. Maybe that's a great time for a disruptive transformation. Or in a rapidly changing market, you need to pivot your business model because it just isn't working anymore. And you need to shift or alter your market position to stay relevant for customers. However, disruptive transformation as an approach may not be suitable if 
the company or the leadership is seriously risk adverse. If it's not willing to make significant changes to the business model, disruptive transformation could be the wrong avenue to go down. It could cause excessive conflict, excessive confusion, excessive disruption within the company, which means that the reasons you're going after this in the first place get lost and forgotten and never achieved. But here's an interesting question. If you are currently riding high, if your business is on a successful run, should you or should you not follow a disruptive transformation route? Well, there are a couple of different angles here. Firstly, I would say if your business is riding high, it's a great time to follow a disruptive transformation because you have the safety net of the company working. You do not want to have to wait until the company falls into more challenging times before saying, wow, we need to make a disruptive transformation ourselves now. And we have an urgency and we have a, a critical need to do it and succeed first time. So you have that safety net of the successful core business, shall we say. But that successful core business also can provide the resources, financial and people, that allow you to take advantage of some of those opportunities to consider what is making us just so successful right at the moment. How could we capitalize on that? How could we take that capability of the organization and scale that out? Is there something new we could take that capability and apply it towards? Or as in the Amazon example, is there a way we could offer that as a service, for example? So I actually feel that if you are flying high, that's a good time to consider disruptive transformation. The pressure's off at that time, right? But whether you are flying high or teetering towards the cliff edge, what do you need to get this going? Well, firstly, you need a customer need and clarity on that and who the customers are. Hopefully this goes without saying. Your business strategy and your business goals absolutely must be aligned with this disruptive transformation. If you are trying to steer the company and take it in a different direction than perhaps the board have agreed to, it's going to be tough. You can do it. You can begin to build some momentum, but you need to start thinking about how your disruptive transformation aligns with those strategic goals. We've spoken about leadership support very quickly just now. This is another critical factor that you must have in place. Your leadership team must have the ambition to deliver a disruptive transformation. It will never happen without that because that leadership ambition cascades down to the whole organization, right? Leaders lead. And I should point out that leaders are not necessarily just the people in the top jobs. There are, of course, leaders that exist around the organization that have influence, that have respect and social power within the organization. These are the true leaders. Do they have the ambition as well? And we're talking about much more than just stakeholder engagement here, right? You know, you need to have rounded support across the organization with the right people and with the right willingness to spend energy to make it happen. Yes, there will be some tension. And actually, that's going to be good. That's going to be useful, that tension. It's going to encourage you to be your best. But there absolutely needs to be an overall positive viewpoint on the disruptive transformation, or at least a path, a glimpse of how you could reach that positive viewpoint. Another factor you are going to need is a culture within the company that accepts change, radical change at that. If it doesn't accept change at the moment, 
then you may need to think about how you can break your disruption down into smaller steps or whether you could spin it off almost as a separate side company so you can avoid that culture for the short term anyway. And there's loads of different aspects here, of course, that the culture could evolve into. Maybe there's been lots of failed transformation initiatives in the past, which people will turn around as a, a culture and say, oh, we've tried things before and it hasn't worked. Maybe there is a culture where people feel it's a flavor of the month. It's like, oh, yes, you're talking about this disruptive transformation this month, but what will next month's disruptive transformation be? So consider how adaptable your culture is. You must also be clear on the inherent organizational capabilities that exist right now and can be essential in bringing disruption to life. I would absolutely advocate that completely starting again in a foreign business environment is a ridiculous idea, especially if you are from a, a big company, right? You cannot bet the farm like that. You don't want to start again. So think about what is it about your operating model, your organization, your tech stack, whatever it is that allows you to take that and redirect it in a certain, specific and different way. You're going to need some strong transformation capability. And we've had plenty of episodes in the past about how you can develop transformation superstars, for example. That's episode 130, by the way. But it's very easy with disruptive transformation to descend into conversation and discussion, hopes, wishes, and not getting things done, not driving retail transformation, right? And then finally, you need to have the financial and technology support, as well as other support mechanisms within the company, depending on your specifics, of course, that really enable this disruption to take place. And then you need to think about what's the right approach that you are taking. Broadly, this could be a build or a buy. Maybe your disruption is, as per the Tesco example, to acquire another company. Maybe it's a company that has that growth opportunity already present, like Booker did for Tesco, or like Gist did when M&S recently purchased them, or Ricardo for that matter. Or maybe it's about that organizational creativity and innovation that you are acquiring a company. Nike at the moment are acquiring a few different companies focused in on the metaverse, for example. Walmart, again, acquiring different companies focused in on omni-channel development. These are all ways of buying a disruptive transformation. And of course, there is an integration which still needs to happen as well. The other option is to build it, of course. This, you get something much more tailored, but it's going to be more effort for sure. And depending on what it is, it's going to be your choice as to how that looks from a, a capital or financial investment point of view. But if you are building, then you're going to need to think about how can you test and experiment and trial, which was an episode we, we spoke about recently, episode 220 called Your Transformation is on Trial. You're going to need to discover what works, what resonates, what doesn't, what flops equally as well, and build confidence both in yourselves and across the wider organization. There is going to be uncertainty in your disruptive transformation, right? That's natural, that's inherent. And if there wasn't, personally, I would have alarm bells ringing as to why not. <laughs> but it's an interesting one because it does highlight some of the risks, right? And the first risk is a really interesting one because it is born out of wanting to try different things. But if you are trying 
too many disruptive transformations. If you are making too many bets, you can create that flavor of the month culture that we spoke about just a moment ago. Yes, it can be good to try lots of different things, but it can confuse the team. It can divide the different resources that are being invested. It can kill motivation across the wider company, and it can be really dangerous. So make sure that you're experimenting, but not too much. (laughs) All good things in moderation, so to speak. The next risk is around the impact on people, which we've spoken about a few different times in this episode. Whether it be your current customer base, your colleagues across the business in every single part of the business, your suppliers, your shareholders, your partners, and any other stakeholders that could be involved. The impact on people can be really severe, of course. Confusion, resistance, they're all to be expected. But how you monitor and help react to these different feelings is really key. And of course, communication will be an essential part of that. Previous episodes on that, of course. It's important to have clarity as well about this disruptive transformation. If you have a lack of clarity about what is wanting to be achieved and why, the organisation diverges. It goes off in different directions because everyone is slightly focused on a different part of this disruptive transformation and you end up with a chaotic transformation instead. It's probably fairly obvious, but this is going to be a complex shift as well. Lots of moving parts, lots of impacts to the existing business as well. And it's important to get a handle on that complexity and make sure that it doesn't become too complicated. There'll be lots of politics, even empire building in the new state of the organisation. It's fairly natural that people make a land grab, so to speak, for building their department, their team, their own importance within the company. It may be dangerous to try and do this alongside the day job or the core business. One of two things could happen. The core business could take priority, and rightfully so, to maintain future business. But that could mean that the disruptive transformation gets no resources or poor quality resources, and it therefore never comes to anything. But on the other flip side, maybe the disruptive transformation refocuses the company on that, and the core business suffers, and suddenly the proverbial cash cow that brings home the profit that keeps the company alive for the short term falters. And that's not good, of course, either. And then there are going to be many, many specific risks, be it technical, be it people, or on many other aspects that are really specific, like I say, and particular to your own disruptive transformation and your own organization. And then finally, as you come to the point of execution, recognize that A disruptive transformation is not going to be instant. You're going to need time to ramp up, especially if you're trying to open up a new market or build awareness and respect within a new customer segment. Many of the classic disruptions, whether it be your Netflix or your Ubers or even your Amazons for that matter, are often seen as an overnight success story. However, that's only true if you discount the thousands of days and years of building up to that single overnight story, right? (laughs) Success takes time to build up. And I think actually, as a larger company, like a Tesco with a booker, it's easier to apply a disruptive transformation if the organization is in the right place and if it is being driven in the right way. Certainly going to be easier because you've got lots of resources, you've got capabilities existing in place already. 
Amazon are another great example as to how they can quickly drive that disruption. And then after the disruption has landed, follows a period of continuous improvement. That's the same for any fundamental transformation. Incremental transformation should absolutely follow. This allows you to maximize the opportunity to continue to adapt, continue to try new things. At no stage, I would suggest, is your disruptive transformation delivered. You get to your delivery point and there are more things to do. I'm sure you can relate to that, but it's worth pointing out. So some final thoughts. Disruptive transformation is one of the extremes for six different types of transformation that I'm covering in my upcoming book, Driving Retail Transformation. Disruptive transformation is not for everyone, but it can significantly change the future direction for an organization. It needs to be intentional, though. You need to decide if you are going to shake things up in your industry to disrupt or not to disrupt. That is the question. And I'll leave you to answer that one for yourself. And if you have enjoyed this episode, then here are three other episodes related to today's conversation that you can dive into straight away. Firstly, in episode 203, number 203, we spoke about fundamental and incremental transformations. You can dive deeper over there. Then in episode 130, we spoke about what makes a transformation superstar. So discover the key capabilities and aspects and attitudes that go into making that individual person a superstar to drive your disruptive transformation. Then in episode 220, your transformation is on trial. In this one, we spoke about the different types of experiments and tests that you may want to run and why each would be a great option depending on where you are with your transformation. So three episodes there for you to tune into. And you can find all three of those on the show notes today at obandco.uk slash 229. And whilst you're over there, sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing. It's your no-nonsense guide to the ever-evolving world of retail and how you can evolve with or ahead of the market. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And I'll look forward to joining you on another episode of the Retail Transformation Show very, very soon. Bye for now.